Thank you all for sharing that with us. If you would take your Bible, please, and open with me to the uh, book of uh, Romans, chapter number 8. There are two verses of Scripture that I want to uh, read and talk about this morning as we look at three words that best describe a Christian. Happy birthday, Brother Tony, again, man. We're proud of you and thankful for you and and your family and all that uh, God is doing in your all's life. Shelly was with him in the first service today, and it was the first time she's been able to come back since we've been started back, and it was good to see her. Let me make just a couple of announcements that uh, I made in that service and pass them on here. There will be no homecoming this year. Now, last year, I think around the second Sunday of June or something like that is when we have homecoming, when we met as the deacons earlier uh, about coming back together as a church, that's one of the things that we realized that would not be what we needed to try this year because of how crowded the fellowship hall is on homecoming. When you get everybody in there, there would just be no way that we could could safely make that work. And so no homecoming this year. I already had our speaker booked. Brother Bill was going to come back and speak at homecoming. So he's agreed to come next year for homecoming. And here was his remark when I scheduled him again for next year. He said, it's the first time in my ministry I've ever been scheduled in a year in advance to come and preach. And so we're going to be excited for Brother Bill to come and be back with us uh, next year as he preaches on homecoming. Uh, Tonight there will be no service here at the church. Remember next Sunday night at 6 o'clock, Adult 3 will be having their Sunday school. Wednesday nights we do online at 7 o'clock. If you did not... Join with us last Wednesday night at 7. You can go to our website, elizabethchapel.org, and see the interview of Justin and myself as we did that interview. And man, I tell you, you did an outstanding job, brother, sharing the gospel and talking about your testimony. And you can go look at that if you haven't, haven't watched that yet. We'll have another Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday, online. So be much in prayer for that time. Bible in the book of Romans, chapter number 8, beginning in verse number 29, reading two verses of Scripture. If you will watch this for a moment. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he justified. And those whom he justified, these he also glorified. The three words that best describe a Christian are the three words we see there. Called, justified, and glorified. Now this morning we're going to sort of examine in detail this word called. How that God calls us to salvation. And I know that God's going to use this in a powerful way in all of our lives 
to remind us of that call. And if you have never been saved, hopefully today you'll hear God calling you and you'll trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. I began to look back at the life of Billy Graham this week. I tell you, God used that man mightily in our generations, didn't he? And he went heaven, went home to be with the heaven, went home to heaven to be with the Lord this year. But Billy Graham was actually saved in a crusade in Charlotte, North Carolina in 1934. Mordecai Ham was preaching. And it was at that crusade that Billy Graham heard God calling him and he surrendered his life to Jesus as Savior and Lord. And at that crusade, the, Billy Graham tells in his own story how that, that he and a great and a friend of his were there and he attended simply because of the huge crowds. He was mesmerized by the crowds that were turning out. And he wanted to go and find out what was going on. As Mordecai Ham continued to preach and point that finger, Billy Graham said, it seemed like he was pointing it at me every single time that he said anything. He said, Grady Wilson and I decided to get in the choir. We could have seen, but we knew if we got behind him, we wouldn't have to see him pointing his finger at me when he was preaching and talking about me going to hell lost without Jesus. He said someone tapped him on the shoulder after a few nights and said, Son, don't you and your friend want to go down to the altar? And he said, We went down to the altar and that night. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and was gloriously saved and God changed me when I heard God calling me to salvation. I want to read some scripture for a moment and then uh, we'll continue on for a moment in this message. Romans chapter 8 verse 30, the verse that I just read a moment ago. Moreover, whom He predestined those He called, whom He called those He justified. Ephesians 4.1 I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. 1 Thessalonians 2.12 That you would walk worthy of the God who calls you into the kingdom of His glory. 1 Thessalonians 2.12 That you would walk worthy of the God who calls you into His glorious kingdom. 1 Corinthians verse, chapter 1 verse 9 For God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh... Not many mighty, not many noble are called. Aren't you glad that it is God who calls us for salvation? And we hear His call. We sense the Holy Spirit dealing with us. And we have a choice to make. We can respond to Christ and be saved. Or we can turn away from Him and go our way and be lost without Him. Many, many scripture people, many people in the scripture 
miraculous stories about those who were called. I'm going to go through some of those stories in a moment. But before I do that, I want to ask you a question. Where were you when God called you to salvation? Just think about that for a moment. Where were you? You see, friend, the Bible is telling us in this scripture, those that come to know Christ are called by God to be saved. Now, I personally believe that at some point in time, everybody is called. Everybody has a chance to be saved. Everyone has a chance to hear the call of God to salvation. But you and I both know not everybody responds. We have our own will. And many times folks reject and refuse Christ. But yet He loves and He calls anyway. I want to go through several stories in the Bible about places people were when they heard God call them. And by doing that, what I hope helps you and me to reflect in our life, where was I when God called me to salvation? The first one I'll mention to you is Nicodemus. We find his story in John chapter 3. Nicodemus was in darkness when God called him. The Bible says that Nicodemus was a ruler of the synagogue. That was a synagogue of darkness who was rejecting Christ. If we read all the way through the third chapter of the book of Genesis, or book of John, we find that it's in that scripture after talking to Nicodemus that Jesus looks at him and says, Nicodemus, for God loves you, that he sent his son into the world to die for you, that if you would believe in me, his son, you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life. And then the next few verses after that, Jesus says, God came into this world to call men out of darkness, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Isn't that true? We're seeing that unfold in our world right now in the days in which we live. That people love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And Jesus wants to change a person's life. He wants to change a person's heart just like he changed Nicodemus. He brought Nicodemus out of darkness into the light of salvation. And Nicodemus was gloriously saved. No longer would Nicodemus be a secret follower of Christ, but he would be an outspoken person for Jesus by the time Jesus is crucified and goes to the cross. Another person I want to mention for a moment is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was called when he had climbed up a tree. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 19 that Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming. He all the multitude that was following Jesus, even though he was short of stature, he said, I want to see Jesus too. And Zacchaeus climbed up in that sycamore tree, and he was looking down, and as Jesus was walking along, 
Jesus happened to stop right at the base of that old tree. And Jesus looked up into that tree and saw a little short man sitting there and called him by name and said, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. Today, salvation is coming to your house. So Nicodemus was called while in a tree. To come out of that tree, Jesus goes to his house. Nicodemus is gloriously saved and changed by the power of God. Zacchaeus says to Jesus, Jesus, half of my goods I'm going to give to the poor. And if I have stolen from any person, I'm going to repay them fourfold what I have taken from them because you have changed my life. And Zacchaeus was gloriously saved by Jesus Christ. We read it in Luke chapter 19. The Samaritan woman was called when she was sitting by Jacob's well. We find that story in John chapter 4. This woman of Samaria was there at Jacob's well and Jesus began to have a conversation with her. And Jesus looked at her and he said, Lady, I would like to offer you a drink of living water. This water, if you will drink the water that I will give you, you will never thirst again. Would you like this water? And she, and she said to Jesus, Jesus, what are you talking about Give me living water? I don't understand. And by the way, you don't know me nor nothing about me. Jesus looked at her and said, oh yes I do. I know all about you, dear lady. You have had five different men in your life and you've not been able to find happiness or fulfillment with any and now you are living with the sixth man and he doesn't satisfy the deep longing in your heart either if you will come to me and surrender your life to me I will save you I will give you this living water and you will be saved and you will be born again and there by Jacob's well Jesus called this woman and she responded to his call she received Christ as her Lord and Savior she went into town and told the, everyone she could find come with me to Jacob's well I want you to meet a man who is unlike any other man that I have ever met. His name is Jesus and he can change your life. What a powerful testimony of this woman. Lydia is another woman that Jesus called. Lydia, we read her story in Acts chapter 16. She was called by a riverside. She was down by the side of that river with some other women in a prayer group, in a prayer meeting. Did you know, friend, just because you are in a prayer meeting or in a prayer group or you go to church, that doesn't mean you've ever been saved? Do we get that? Do we understand that? 
Salvation comes when Jesus changes our life. We don't work for salvation. When Jesus calls us and we respond to his call, we're gloriously saved. And Lydia was in this prayer group and they were down by the river praying and Jesus looked at her, or rather Paul looked at her and began to share the gospel with her. And here's what the scripture says in Acts 16. It says that the Lord God opened her heart that she might receive the things that were spoken by Paul. My friend, listen. If God opens your heart and you hear the word, you hear the story of Jesus, you hear about Christ, you realize you're lost and need to be saved, then you open your heart and receive Jesus into your heart and life and you can be gloriously saved like Lydia. Her life was miraculously changed. She looked at Paul and the other missionaries and said to them, You all come to my house. I'm going to fix you a meal. You can stay at my house while you go out and spread all over this region and my house for a while can be your home base. And she was saved and what a testimony she had. There is another person in chapter 16 of Acts The Philippian jailer. The Philippian jailer was called at midnight. He had listened to Paul and Silas sing and praise God even though they were in prison. Paul and Silas had been beaten and they had been whipped and they were in that jail unattended to. At night, at midnight, an earthquake came. And that earthquake shook the jail, threw open the bars and the prison doors, and the jailer was ready to take his own life. He was going to just end it all right there. And Paul and Silas cried out and said, Sir, do yourself no harm. We're all still here. And they went with that jailer at midnight to his house. They shared with him the gospel, the saving grace and power of God. And the Bible says that jailer was gloriously saved that night. And he doctored and and put ointment on the, the, the hurt and the bruises and the cuts of Paul and Silas. He gave them a meal to eat. And then he said, is there any place tonight that I can get baptized? I have given life to Jesus. I want everybody to know about it. And the Bible says that very night they took that man and they baptized him in the name of Jesus because he had been gloriously saved. The Philippian jailer was called at midnight. Timothy was called while sitting at his mother's knee listening to her read Bible stories from the Old Testament. We know that because of 2 Timothy chapter 4. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says of Timothy that Timothy was a young man who had heard the gospel, had heard about Jesus at the knees of his grandmother. And as mother, as they told him childhood stories about 
the Lord Jesus Christ. So there was Timothy, and he was called. He responded to faith in Christ. His life was gloriously changed by the power of God. When you read the writings of Timothy in First and Second Timothy, you see the things that he wrote in Scripture, the things that he did, the things about Timothy, his wisdom as a man of God. Timothy is that man that gives direction for the church and gives direction for the deacons, gives direction for how the church governs. He's the one that speaks to pastors, how a pastor ought to conduct himself in the ministry and how a pastor ought to walk with God and feed himself on the Word of God. That was Timothy, changed by the power of God in a mighty way, sitting there at the feet of his mother and grandmother as they told him about Jesus. Every time I read that story about Timothy, I think about my own dad and his salvation. My dad grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee, living sort of unattended, growing up himself, doing anything he wanted to as a young man, running the streets of Knoxville, Tennessee. And for some reason, somehow, a pretty young girl moved up to Knoxville from Madisonville, Tennessee. That's my mother. And how my daddy ever got talked my mother into marrying him, I will never know and never figure out as long as I live. And everybody that knows my mom and dad would tell you the same thing. How'd he catch her and get her to marry him? He was working at Sears and Roebuck. Now, some of you didn't even know Sears used to be called Roebuck, did you? But that's where he was working. And he was working there, and this is before my time, before I was ever born. My mom and dad had two children way before us other three that came along uh, later in later years. But my mom and dad married, living there in Knoxville, Tennessee. He was working at Sears and Roebuck, and... Those two kids would go to church with my mom at Broadway Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. She wanted to live for Jesus, wanted to serve Christ, but had a lost husband. A lost husband who was a gambler, a lost husband who would drink, lost husband who would shoot pool, husband who'd be out in all of these field dives and places. You can just imagine what her life must have been like married to him. But my mother would sit in the den or in the bed, take the kids and go to the bedroom while my dad would be in the den watching television. And she would take my older brother and sister and read them Bible stories as they would listen as she wanted to instill them the things of God. She noticed after a few times of doing that that my dad would turn down the television and he began to eavesdrop. And he began to listen to his wife reading Bible stories to the children in the bedroom. And that went on for several nights. And God in this God, the Holy Spirit, began to convict him of his sin. And one night he woke my mother up 
by kneeling at the side of the bed praying and asking God to save him and asking God to change his life and was gloriously saved and God changed his life that night there in Knoxville, Tennessee. Now my friend, listen to me. You ever heard about anybody that gets saved and they never get changed? Listen to me. They didn't get saved. My friend, you cannot get called and get saved and your life never change. It's an impossibility. You cannot meet the Jesus that we're preaching on and talking about and your life never change. It's an impossibility. You come out of darkness into light. My dad was gloriously changed. All of the bad habits were gone immediately. He quit drinking. He quit running around. He quit smoking. He quit cursing. He quit doing all of that overnight, my friend. Instantaneously he quit. He got his little New Testament. He started carrying it to work with him. He would get it out on his break and he would read it. He would get on his lunch hour and he would read it. Because why? God called him. And God him by his mighty, mighty power. Friend, listen to me. Every person we've seen, Nicodemus, Zacchaeus, Samaritan's woman, Lydia, the jailer, Timothy, every single one of them in the Scripture, when they got saved, God changed their life. I ask you this morning, friend, Where were you when God called you? Did you listen? Did you respond? Did you say, yes, God, I want your son Jesus to come in and change my life. I give my life to Jesus. My friend, Three words that best describe a Christian. Glorified, justified, but it all begins with that word called. God called us. Aren't you thankful today that God called you, that you responded to Christ and gave Him your heart and your life? My friend, if you have never been saved, If you feel in sense and hear God calling you today, would you come to Him? I'll be here at this invitation to pray with you. This altar is open for you to come and find a place of prayer. But friend, give your heart and life to Jesus Christ today and surrender your life to Him. Would you bow with me as we pray? Tony's going to come and Catherine, they're going to lead us in our invitation song. Would you come today and give your heart and life to Christ? Maybe you just want to come to this altar and pray for people that are lost, people that you know, people that you're burdened for. It may be a husband, it may be a wife, it may be your children, it may be your grandchildren. But would you just come and let God do in your life what God wants to do? Father, we thank you for goodness to us, Lord. We thank you for calling us. We thank you for the that salvation that was a part of that call when we said yes, when we said forgive me, cleanse me, change me. God, you did. 
Lord, we're living in a day and time where people are trying to explain the gospel away. They're trying to tell people, you've got all of these problems, but Jesus can't help. Father, we know, Lord Jesus, you're the only answer. You're the only one that can help. And so, God, we pray. We pray, Father, today that lives will be touched and changed. We ask this in Jesus' name.